ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Thanks to Jake DeLone for coming on in the last segment. Uh, former NFL quarterback. Of course, you all know he spent time with the Saints. Uh, for National Signing Day stuff on uh, issue, you can head to our website and the app. We're updating that this morning. But joining me now from the Saints Happy Hour podcast, Andrew Juge. No, it's not Ralph, uh, although from what I understand, Andrew, Ralph's a little under the weather. The uh, the big show wasn't able to to go down like it normally does, so I hope he's feeling better, but, uh, but I appreciate you coming on, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, yeah. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I tell you what, big shoes to follow uh, with Jake DeLome uh, on previously, uh, but man, what, what a time that was this time in New Orleans. Uh, I, I remember it so vividly. And uh, it's just uh, interesting going back to that. Obviously, he goes to the Panthers, and now you see Teddy Bridgewater shuffling teams, and it feels like it all comes full circle. Yeah, now it's it's quarterback, and what should they do and not do? And Jake was obviously one that many felt like they let get away as he went to Carolina and had a lot of success. But then you go back and look at the salaries and how it all played out. The big The big mistake was obviously leaving Brooks in there back, you know, when he – struggled to throw a forward pass the last four games of the O2 season because his shoulder was completely shot. It wasn't, it wasn't his fault. He couldn't hit a wide open guy. It's it, well, it's partly his fault for just going out there and, and Haslett for letting him go out there. But um, who are they going to let go out there Sunday? I don't know. Peyton gave the, you know, um, tra- I guess we can call it a trademark at this part, the trademark we'll see response in regards to the quarterback question. I don't think they really know who's going to play on Sunday, but this thought that maybe they let Jameis have a shot if Brees isn't ready, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it, but I think if I had to bet today, I think you're probably going to see Taysom Hill on Sunday against the Chiefs, Andrew. Yeah, I lean towards Taysom Hill. Look, if Brees can go at all, it's Drew Brees. Uh, I think for a couple reasons. I think first, just in light of the Saints losing uh, – this game increases in importance. They really have no margin for error. And if they want that number one seed, they have to win out and hope they get some help from Green Bay with a loss. So uh, I think they're at a place right now where they feel like they've got to win this game however they can. And so that, I think that's what Drew Brees behind center. So if there's any way he can go, I think he's the guy. And we know Drew, the competitor that he is, uh, he's going to try to push the envelope and get ready in time. So, I would keep an eye out for that. If he can't go, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think you stick with Taysom Hill. And, and the main reason for it, and, and for me, it's matchup to matchup at this point because uh, certainly Sean Payton likes Jameis Winston, and he said that, and we've heard that. And I think there was maybe a case to be made at halftime to make a change. So to me, it's not that Taysom Hill is better or that he, he should be the starter over Jameis speaking holistically. For me, it's really about in a game like this against the Kansas City Chiefs, you don't want to get into a shootout. You don't want to get into a game where uh, you're potentially uh, trying to trade touchdowns with Patrick Mahomes and company. I think you're really trying to control the clock. You're trying to run the football. Uh, and, and this is a defense in Kansas City that has sometimes struggled uh, to stop the run game with teams that have been physical with them on the interior. And so I, I think for that specific game plan maybe Taysom Hill if he can protect the football and I know that's a big if because he's put the ball on the ground a lot this year 
he is probably a better fit for that specific game plan this week. I, you know, putting the ball on the ground, I what I'm anxious to see is when Breeze comes back, whether it's this Sunday, Christmas Day, or later, how much is Taysom's role, if at all, diminished when it goes back to the, quote, Swiss Army knife role? Because Peyton has shown plenty over the years, if you start fumbling a lot, he's going to put you on the bench. I mean, Mark Ingram, clearly a better player than Tim Hightower, but, oh, you fumbled twice in two drives, 2016? All right, we're going to play Tim. And um, I, 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 is will he do that with Taysom? Now, it's a little different in that, look, Ingram was better than Hightower, but they're both playing the same position. There's not really somebody that plays the position or positions that Taysom does when he's in his uh, offensive role when Drew Brees is the starting quarterback. So I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see if that fumbling keeps up, what happens to Taysom when Brees does come back in his role in the offense? It's a fair, it's a fair question. Uh, I think the Saints still like the, the, what, what he brings to the offense. And I, I think Sean Payton especially likes that it forces other teams to have to prepare in different ways for the Saints. And, and let's be honest. When Drew Brees is in the game, for all that you get, all the benefits you get of the ball coming out quickly, uh, of, of him being able to process the defense quicker, get the ball out quicker, for all those benefits, what you lose is a dimension in the run game when Taysom Hill's in there, and you lose some big playability. And while, listen, when Taysom Hill's hit on some of these deep balls, I mean, we saw a deep throw to Traquan Smith. And, and a touchdown pass on a deep ball to Emmanuel Sanders. So he hit a couple deep balls, which we don't really see with Drew Brees uh, that much this year. So there is an element that he still brings that I think is not important to Sean Payton. Uh, but I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think it, from, from a ball protection standpoint, look, you can play offense this way, the way Drew Brees does. Be ball control, be safe, have a lot of checkdowns. You, you can do those things. Uh, but I think if you're going to win playing that way, it's critical that you not turn the ball over. I, I think it, the importance of protecting the football and not having turnovers is heightened uh, when you're not an explosive offense that's taking deep shots all the time. You know, and so I, I think it's one of those things where Tampa. Look, they were seven and nine last year. They had 30 interceptions, but they still won seven games with all those turnovers because of all the plays they made down the field. So if you're not making those plays down the field, you really can't turn the football over, and that goes to what you said. Ultimately, I do think ball security is a major issue with Taysom Hill this year, and uh, this will be an opportunity to clean that up and show that it, it's not that way. But here, here's just one quick comment I would make, Scott, about all these fumbles that he's had, especially when he's been playing full-time quarterback. Part of it is ball security, but a lot of it comes down to slow processing. And, and I do think it's one thing when you're fumbling because you're carrying the football carelessly and you get it knocked out, and that's been a problem with Taysom Hill as well but I think part of these fumbles have been just struggling to make the right read hanging on to the football too long and taking unnecessary hits so that's a little bit different in the sense that if Drew Brees is playing quarterback he may not have some of those responsibilities Andrew Juge our guest ESPN 1420 good stuff you can check out of course the Saints happy hour podcast and Andrew years ago wrote for a website doing player grades and now he's doing it for the Patreon's of the Saints happy hour. Um, I want to get your, that, that's a good segue into some player grades here because I think first and foremost, Taysom graded out very poorly. And after his first start, you know, 
he's he's a polarizing guy for a number of reasons, but there was a lot of people ready to before his first start, one way or the other. He can, he can't. It's not the future. Are you kidding me? He's definitely the future. I mean, just so so extreme one side or the other. And I I have maintained that I have doubts about him being the future starting quarterback long term for the Saints. I've not I've not gotten on a mountain to say yes, do it. He is. Um, and but I also said I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I'd like to see four or five games, right? I thought I said the same thing about Bridgewater last year, and I thought Teddy showed that he could be. Um, was he perfect? No, and and could he have improved? Sure, but I think there was a large enough sample size there to see what he could do in a Saints offense cater to his game, um, and and you saw improvement from start one to start uh, five for him with Taysom. I mean, there, there's a good two and a half quarters in game three against Atlanta, some moments in game one against Atlanta, a few moments in the second half against Philly. But overall, Andrew, now that you've had four games to see Taysom Hill in the starting quarterback role, has your views of him as a quarterback changed at all? Have Has your view been uh, verified more, doubted? Like, what, where were you – say, four weeks ago compared to where you are now that you got a little bit of a sample size of him having an offense catered around him and a game plan catered around him by Sean Payton? You know, it's funny, Scott. I have to be honest. I, uh, I, I've seen a lot of things from Taysom Hill that I didn't expect in a good way. Uh, and so he, he's answered a lot of questions I have had about can he make certain throws? Uh, can, can he read a defense? Can, can he, uh, you know, consistently get the ball out and progress through reads? You know, can, can he do those things? And I, I've been surprised to say that on, on a certain level, he's done a lot of things that I question whether he would be capable of doing them or not. And yet there's been some other things that have creeped up, and certainly ball security is one where, you know, you, you see pretty clearly that this can't continue or he's not a starting quarterback in the league. And I'm not just talking about the Saints. I'm, I'm saying anywhere. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of have an incomplete grade on him right now. And, and, you know, if you were to ask me to grade his, his four games, and, you know, again, the Denver game is, is a complete throwaway because uh, that was a strange circumstances and kind of an unprecedented thing. But, if you look at the two Atlanta games and this Eagles game, uh, he, he's been real up and down. The real interesting thing to me is when you look at how he's been statistically, he's over 70% completions. His quarterback rating is over 100. Uh, so he, he's been productive. If you just look surely at the numbers and the completion percentage, uh, you would the big takeaway is he's playing some pretty good, pretty efficient football. And if you just take away the fumbles, and, and granted, that's a huge thing, and that's something that Teddy Bridgewater wasn't really doing last year. He wasn't putting the ball on the turf. But if you take that away, I, I think Taysom Hill's grade goes up considerably. And so I think if that's something that he can correct and he can fix, maybe it gets better. But I, I still think some of those fumbles are a result of processing. And, it, and ball security is one thing, but I think the other thing is he struggles to make the appropriate read and make the throw quickly enough at time. And that's where he gets himself in trouble because he'll take an unnecessary hit that leads to a fumble. And so there are plays to be made there that he's just missing. And I just look at that as fundamentally, if you're having trouble processing and if you're having trouble with decision-making, 
the stats are great, and that's a promising thing. Uh, but that, that that's probably the biggest concern to me. And I, I'd want to see more, you know, and I don't know if Breeze is going to be back this weekend if we'll get a chance to see more. I, I don't know that the book is written on Taysom Hill at this point. I don't have a, a complete conclusion on him. Uh, but I, I tend to lean towards the processing is not good enough uh, for him to be a successful full, full-time starter in the NFL. Now, that is something he can improve. I will say his intermediate passing is way better than I anticipated. I, I think especially on some of these throws to Michael Thomas, uh, they've been accurate. Uh, they've, been, they, they've been strong throws. I mean, there, there have been some major league throws that he's made that have really impressed me. I would say it's the shorter passing, the precision passing, yeah. that's been a bit more of an issue. His ball placement, well, okay, sometimes these are complete passes, but if he's throwing it on the right hip of the player where the player's momentum has to stop to make that catch, then he's not moving forward. He's not getting yards after the catch. So I, I would say that his touch and his placement on the short throws is something he needs to work on as well. I think I, I think when he's throwing on the move while he's rolling out, it um, there was a you know you go back to the first one against Atlanta. His best throw is probably as he's backpedaling and stepped into it. It was a nice throw, but when he's rolling out, whether it's a play is broken down or as you said, he's not processing. The throws haven't been there. When he's in the pocket and he sets his feet, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, it's the, the throws have been good, but the processing part, I mean, the, the feel in the pocket for pressure, these things just aren't there right now. Now, you know, let, let's say hypothetically Breeze retires after this season. Jameis goes elsewhere because why wouldn't he if he gets a shot after what's unfolding now, even though Sean's saying a lot of great things publicly about Jameis. You might just have to roll with Taysom for a season. You might draft someone, but the, I know we joke about Mickey, Loomis, Math, and stuff like that, but the reality is that first year that Breeze is retired, there is a giant chunk of dead money on the cap, and he's not cur- he, he won't be on the roster, so you can't convert anything into a signing bonus. Couple that, Andrew, with if they don't work out, in, they excuse me, if the NFL doesn't work out a new TV contract this offseason with its partners long-term and an early extension. Now the cap's definitely going down because of the COVID year. So it's kind of like, well, he's under contract one more year. In terms of starting quarterback rates, it's it's not bad, and and they'll just roll with it. I, I There's part of me that thinks that's kind of in the back of Peyton's mind a little bit here, but um, we might get a, a much larger sample size in 2021, which – won't necessarily mean that he is definitively the quarterback of the future, but he may be the quarterback of the Saints in 2021, and I won't be surprised, especially if Breeze does what many of us are expecting and retires after this year. Yeah, I I expect your Breeze to retire, and look, I think ideally Sean Payton and the Saints want Jameis Winston back next year, and if they can make it work financially, they would want Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston competing for that job. And I think I, I really believe firmly uh, that that's that's the way they want that to play out. Now, the, the big question there is, can they make it work financially? And look, if Jameis Winston gets an opportunity to start elsewhere and gets paid starters money, uh, the Saints won't be able to compete with that. But given the fact that he's not really playing this year, he hasn't really shown a lot. And he went into this market this past year unable to really get a starter job. And so he ends up settling for... I don't know that he'll come back for a million dollars. I don't know that he's going to come back for the for the league minimum. So I do think 
the Saints will probably have to step it up and at least pay him uh, what a premier backup is making, you know, in the seven, eight million dollar range for one year. So if the Saints can make that work financially and can bring him back, I think that's their first choice. If they can't, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's one of those things where they already have Taysom Hill under contract for a year for $13 million. And so, uh, as you said, that, that's actually way below market rate for a starting quarterback. So they would have a tremendous amount of value there in their starter. Uh, but I think if you lose Jameis Winston and now Taysom Hill is your starter, then I think unquestionably it becomes, hey, this is one year to prove yourself, and it's a contract year anyway. Uh, but the Saints need to draft someone, and I, I really think then you start to lock and load into the possibility of that first-round draft pick being spent on a quarterback. Andrew Juge from the Saints Happy Hour podcast, our guest. All right, well, I, I came on Monday this week, and I said, look, I, I can give you guys a positive outlook on the rest of the season, but if you're looking for me to draw any positives from the performance in Philadelphia, go look elsewhere. I'm not making any excuses. It was just bad. You went back, you look, you watch it again, You look, and, and God bless you for that. I'm sure it's fun after the wins, but after those losses or a game like Sunday is probably not all that thrilling. What, what Was there any, like, like of course there, there had to be a few, but how do you find positives in a performance overall like the team had on Sunday where I thought defensively in the first half when they're going man coverage and everyone's backs turned to Jalen Hurts and the defensive ends have no containment whatsoever. So he's just taking off and running for chunks of yards and the O line is struggling mightily, especially on the interior when it comes to pass protection. I don't know, man. Will Lutz is missing kicks. I, I, overall, it's just, it's, it's hard for me coming out of a game like that to draw any positives. So I know you had a lot more negatives than positives, but were there, was there anything worthwhile in a positive on a positive note for the saints last Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a few for you. I guess, first of all, uh, I'll point out the play of Adam Troutman. He had a nice screen pass and a nice game, a beautiful block on the touchdown run by Alvin Kamara. And so yeah, he's a rookie and this is a tough year to be a rookie. Uh, you know, I mean, the de- development of rookies has been really tough this year. They didn't have OTAs. They didn't have preseason training camp was weird. And so for, for a tight end out of Dayton, you know, and, and really, he, he's been a receiver out of the slot his whole career in Dayton. And the Saints are asking him to be an inline tight end. And so, you know, there, there's a big learning curve for him. And I, I just think every week he's been getting better. And so when you see a rookie getting better every week, to me, that's really encouraging. And I think he's a big part of the future for the Saints. So that was a positive. Uh, a major positive for me, really two things. Number one, I'll say Jared Cook uh, played it played well in this game and, and he he's been really struggling lately and so for him to kind of turn a corner make some plays maybe build on some things and grow some confidence is going to be important down the stretch because they really haven't gotten much from him all season so it was going to see Jared Cook kind of step up uh, unfortunate on that one pass where he's runs a crossing route wide open and he's missed uh, as Taysom Hill kind of airmails him but you know the last thing I'll say is Michael Thomas you know his play I, I really feel like Eventually, Drew Brees is going to be back, hopefully uh, before the playoffs. But I, I just think this offense, if, if they want to stand any chance to be successful in the postseason, they're going to need Michael Thomas at his best. And I feel like he is starting to turn that corner right now. We've seen it the last couple of weeks where he is starting to play at the level that we were accustomed to seeing him last year 
when he was the offensive player of the year. And I, I think this offense is going to need that to have any semblance of success in the postseason. And uh, for for us to be able to see that and for him to build and show and start to build some confidence, uh, that is really, really important for this team as they hope to win playoff games. There are plenty of negatives as well, Andrew. I mean, I like you pointing out, you know, long term and, and some of the and, and to your point about Troutman, that's that's a that's a good sign, not just for the present, but for the future, man. Um when you give up the, the, the draft capital you did to move up, granted I know it wasn't a first rounder, but get a guy that many viewed as a project. Tight ends typically don't you know, a rookie tight end, if they're gonna make an impact their rookie year, it usually is coming later in the season. Now here we are. Final stretch, and and he's more and more involved, even with Josh Hill and Jared Cook in the lineup. So that's telling for sure. Um, Jared Cook's catch was 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 great. Michael Thomas. So there, like you said, there are a few positives on the negative. I, I maybe add one more, Scott. I, I would say also, you know, Thomas Morstead has had a rough season, and yep. see him have a good game. We needed to see that. Uh, on the on the negative side of things, I know the list is long, um, and and we we talked about Taysom Hill and. Obviously, the quarterback's going to be the focus, and especially guys polarizing as him among the fan base, pundits, analysts, and pretty much the entire football world. What Was there a negative in the loss to Philly that has you concerned beyond just, okay, that was a clunker, right? They played bad across the board. They laid an egg. No excuse. They just they played like crap, and they got beat. But was there something coming out of that game that really maybe you kind of already had a concern going in or you now have a concern looking ahead to, boy, if this happens in the postseason, they're in a lot of trouble, and I think it, it, it could. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I'll, I'll just say this. Like you said, uh, taking a step back, a lot of this can be explained away. Uh, and a brand-new quarterback, a rookie, starting his first game. You're not exactly – you haven't seen much tape on him. You don't know how to prepare uh, I think maybe the Saints thought this would be a little easier, took this game for granted. Uh, so, uh, look, I have confidence in Will Lutz, and I, I do think he'll bounce back because he's a tremendous talent. And I, I think there's a lot of this stuff. I don't know if it can be explained away because there's no excuses, uh, but I do have a lot of faith in this roster and the talent on this team, and I do think he'll bounce back. Uh, but there is one glaring area for me to answer your question, and I think it's the state of the offensive line. I think currently it was already a concern with, with Eric McCoy and his left arm. He, he's clearly suffering. He's fighting and dealing with something right now. And the level of his play, he was tremendous earlier in the season. And right, right around when he started wearing that brace, clearly suffered some sort of injury. He hasn't been the same player. Uh, he gives up two sacks in this game. And I, I just think right now his level of play has dropped off. Andres Pete had an absolutely miserable game. And I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of times, Scott, when I read Twitter and I see the, the fan hate about Andres Pete, I, I go back and I watch the tape. And a lot of times it's just one bad play here, one bad play there uh, that everyone's harping on. And, and otherwise he has a lot of positive plays. So I usually take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but there, there's nowhere to hide this time. You go and you turn on the tape in that first half especially – and it, it was just an absolutely miserable performance by Andrews Pete. So uh, left guard, the guard play in general right now, I don't know that Nick Easton was playing that great, uh, but he goes out with an injury and Cesar Ruiz comes in and he, the rookie, he's been struggling mightily all year at right guard. So 
I feel like the interior of the offensive line in particular for the Saints right now is in a state of disarray, and there's not a whole lot of consistent play. And when you go back the last three years and how the playoffs have gone, we want to point the finger at the no call in the Rams game. We want to point the finger at Marcus Williams for the deep ball against the Vikings in the Minnesota Miracle. Uh, A lot of people want to point the finger at Drew Brees for his play in the most recent playoff game against the Vikings. And that's fine because everyone needs a scapegoat. But the common denominator in all three of those games, in my opinion, was that the offensive line got whipped. And they came in to those games all three times with a lot of injuries, really banged up, and uh, trying to play through that. And, and they just got whipped. And I think the offense at times has really struggled in all three of those games I'm talking about because the Saints just couldn't get it done up front in the playoffs against tough fronts. And that's what I saw in this game, and that has me concerned because I've seen how things have played out in the playoffs with an offensive line that's kind of not playing well and limping into the postseason. And this has all the trappings of uh, what we've seen the last three years. So if there's one area where I feel very concerned, that's it. Yeah, and while listeners might want me to sit here and debate with you, I can't because you're preaching to the choir and – telling my friend Seth Lewis on the air yesterday, uh, the interior of the offensive line is 100% my biggest concern in the postseason and right now. And that's why losing Sunday and losing that grip on the one seed is there, – there's plenty of reasons you want the one seed. But for me, an obvious one, when you get that extra week of rest specifically for the offensive line that's beat up, and between Pete and Easton and Ruiz, who has had his struggles this year, I'll say this – and, and you might be able to speak to it as we wrap up this conversation, Andrew Juge, our guest. I think from a run-blocking standpoint, those guys have done well this year, but from pass protection standpoint, it just doesn't seem like they've got it down. And if you have to play from behind or play in somewhat of a shootout and get in a situation like you got in Sunday or like you got in against the Vikings in the playoffs last year, you're you're going to have a lot of trouble getting out of there with a W. So, um I'm I'm with you on that, man. It it just it makes me nervous, and I think it's the area that Saints fans should be concerned most about moving forward right now. Yeah, and look, uh, Drew Brees has, has made a career out of making offensive linemen look better in pass protection than maybe they really are, uh, and <laughs> that that's a reality. Just uh, with his his ability to process so quickly and get the ball out so quickly, his ability to anticipate you. You always hear about how Drew Brees throws guys open. That ball is out so quick. The receiver isn't even looking back, and he's not even out of his break yet, where sometimes you see Taysom Hill, he has to see the receiver open uh, before he's going to go ahead and make that throw. So that's the difference in the two quarterbacks. But I I just think you look at right now, uh, there's a sack that Andres Pete gave up, and Nick Underhill tweeted this. He said that Pete gave up a sack in almost four seconds. You know, he four seconds into his block, his man gets a sack, and how often does he have to block for four seconds for Drew Brees? You know, almost never. So it's one of those things where I think it kind of just goes hand in hand with the discussion we had earlier about the processing speed of Taysom Hill and getting the ball out quickly. And he's a tougher quarterback to pass protect for. There's no doubt about it. Look, it, it's harder to pass protect for maybe anyone when, 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 you're, when you're used to having Drew Brees behind center. So, um, you know, and that's not to pick on Taysom Hill. You know, it's just a reality that, uh, you, you you don't get to block for a uh, for a Hall of Famer, maybe one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time, to ever do it. 
so that there is a drop off there and it is significant. Uh, but the bottom line is I think you're absolutely right about the bye week. The most critical thing about it, look, home field advantage, uh, there's really, there's really no advantage this year with limited or no fans. Uh, it really doesn't matter where you play. It's really, maybe the weather has an impact, uh, but maybe the travel does. But other than that, uh, to me, it's really about that one week of rest that you get. And so uh, that, that's where I would think it would be most critical. Uh, but ultimately, I, I think that's the problem area for the Saints right now. And if they're going to turn a corner and have success in the playoffs, they're going to have to get better in a hurry. Andrew Juge has been our guest at Andrew Juge on Twitter. J-U-G-E is the last name. And, of course, if you're not already listening, I know there are a lot here in the Acadiana area that listen. Saints Happy Hour podcast. Check it out. He, Andrew. Um, <clears throat> Kevin and Dave uh, having fun, jokes, Saints breakdown, analysis, the works. Andrew, always appreciate the analysis and the time, my friend. Merry Christmas to uh, you, the wife, and the kids. You guys enjoy it. Um, we're complaining about it being cold down here. I'm sure it's cold in your neck of the woods, uh, but um, you're a little farther north than us. But appreciate the time, man. All the best, and I uh, look forward to talking to you again in the future. Well, I'm coming down to Louisiana for uh, for the holidays, so I'll be driving down there and getting into some more the warmer weather. Uh, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family as well, Scott. And uh, thanks for having me on. You got it. That is Andrew Juge. Up next, we'll visit with Gerald Broussard, Rage of Cajun analyst. Talk a little National Signing Day, preview the Sunbelt Conference Championship game, and more coming your way next right here on ESPN1420 and .com.